This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hello, everybody. This is Joey. Just to let you know, we will have some Animaniacs news in today's episode about the revival slash reboot after our Water Tower rating. So if you're interested in what's going on with all that, make sure you stay tuned. And welcome everybody to episode 69 of the Animaniacast. Take a trip, it's always just the same, but the fighting ones are biting ones are calling all those names, then there's pushing and the shoving and the scratching on the neck. When we finally get to where we're going, everyone's a wreck. I'm I'm tired. I'm No, I didn't. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated series, Animaniacs. And here we explore the series episode by episode, revisiting all the cultural references and gags. And in the end, we give each episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me are my co-hosts, my brother Nathan. I'm mad, I'm mad, I'm really, really mad. Uh-oh. Are you okay, Nathan? Uh, I guess so. Okay. And across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hi there. <laughs> Kelly's not mad. No. No. I think I think Nathan is mad as in the sense of, like, the Mad Hatter or something like that. But not, yeah, he's I mean, angry all the time. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't... <laughs> really? I didn't, I didn't get that. Okay. Uh. Well, <laughs> well, today we are going to be talking about... Uh, Boy, a jam-packed full episode of Animaniacs today. Uh, we are going to be talking about episode 69, which features, among many other things, the song I'm Mad, the cartoon Bad Mood Bobby, Katie Kaboom is back, again, with the blemish, and then finally we have a little Warner's cartoon uh, called Fake. And... um. We also have uh, some Randy Beeman segments and uh, a, a mime time, I believe. And uh, gosh, we even have we have a, a marathon of good idea, bad ideas, uh, a ton of stuff in this episode. Uh, let me let me ask you guys: if uh, you were to summarize this in just a few words, what would you say, uh, Nathan? I'd say this was easily the last episode of season two. <laughs> okay. Good, good assessment. And <laughs> Kelly, what about you? Lots of filler. Lots of filler. That is very, very true. But I, I think for the most part, though, it was pretty good filler. Like I, I, I enjoyed the filler. Well, we'll we'll get into it all of it and in, uh, in just a few moments. But before we do, Nathan, tell mm-hmm. us when when did this episode first premiere? Okay, so this episode premiered on saturday november 12th 1994 which um not a lot happened on saturday later that week uh there'd be uh voters in sweden decide to join the european union in a referendum the first passengers travel through the channel tunnel underneath the english channel and uh michael shoemaker wins his first formula one world championship in a controversial circumstances at the australian grand prix (laughs) 
So, well, I do I remember know. the English Channel being or Channel or whatever you want to. Was it Channel or Channel? I don't know. It's underground. Um, uh, well, anyway. the Channel Tunnel. The Channel Tunnel. Yeah, I there guess you go. they probably call it the Channel for short. Maybe. Sure, why not? Or maybe I'm just mispronouncing it, perhaps. I know, but I do uh, remember that. That was like a big deal. I remember that in the 90s. They like had a big drill and everything. That's all I really remember. From that. Yeah. But that's not many interesting things right there. No. Do, uh, does anyone have a diary or anything for... <laughs> <laughs> yes. I... What a segue. <laughs> that was very smooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, well, since we didn't have a whole lot, I went back in my uh, diary where I used to write pretty pretty regularly and um i uh that that very week in 1994 i bought an animaniacs comic book but i i didn't i didn't write which one it was sorry (laughs) and um and i watched raiders of the lost ark again excellent and also um the episode of sequest that uh debuted uh it was the the next day sunday the november 13th was the sincerest form of flattery and um, the Star Wars Truce of Bakura went on paperback. I don't know if it was released that very week, but that was when I saw it at the bookstore. <laughs> so um, it was recently released at that point. Not the best Star Wars expanded universe book, that's for sure. That that was a. But it it was so exciting though because that <laughs> was the first one that kind of bridge some of the gap between the movies yeah it took or not place, the movies but it took place right after Re- return of the Jedi. yeah it took place like right after the the fireplace scene basically and and uh or the i fight say the fireplace scene yub-nub, yub-nub. yeah yub scene took place right after that and then obi-wan just basically says goodbye to luke like as soon as he sees him one more time he's like bye luke and then left him that was it kind of a pain but whatever i he did that in the Zon books. I maybe they did. Well, didn't well, I? Who did they I have? Thought Heir the... To the Imp- I thought Heir to the Empire opened up with Ben going bye. Yeah, that's what I thought. Right, Ben went yeah, away. That's that's Heir to the Empire. Oh, Heir to the Empire. Oh, well, that was five years after Truce. Well, I don't know. It's been twenty years since I've read those books. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm getting them all blurred to, up. I used to study them for trivia. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. Now we have all new stuff to study for for trivia now. Yeah, no, I don't, because <laughs> I have other things that I do now. <laughs> I have Too other much. books. I read. Yeah, there's, like, so many books out there. Oh, well, let's go ahead and talk. That, that, that was our Star Wars discussion right there for today's episode. <laughs> At least that don't I, get us started. Yeah, don't get us started. That happens. Um, but d- let's go ahead and get into today's episode here. Let's go ahead and first talk about the some of the filler that we had, um, starting with uh, the Randy Beeman segments. Hey, this is Colin, voice of Randy Beeman's pal from Animaniacs, and you're listening to the Animaniacast. Okay, bye. So the first time Colin comes out here to talk about Randy Beeman, he is dressed as Batman. And it's about uh, the time where Randy Beeman told this creepy guy to get, get lost. Okay, one time Randy Beeman knew this creepy guy... And Randy Beeman says to him, get lost. And so he did, and then nobody ever found the guy. It's true. (laughs) So anyway, I think Colin Wells talked about that particular segment as liking it because he was dressed as Batman, and he thought that looked kind of cool. Does that sound right to you guys? I I think so. Yeah. And so... So the the guy got lost, like the guy basically left and then no one ever found the guy. And I'm guessing that's just like the cops never found him. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, how creepy was this guy? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it if was... some creepy guy came up to a little kid in a park, and then they'd be like, oh, we should find that guy, and no one ever did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, the guy got lost, I don't know, or Randy Beeman took him out, or I don't know what happened. It depends on how you look at it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, get lost, and he was never seen again. I took yeah. care of him. Randy Beeman. Uh, so the next one is uh, Colin is outside and he's trying to hit a baseball and he's talking about Randy Beeman taking baths with his brother. So one time his little brother took a potty in the bathtub and now Randy Beeman gets to take showers by himself. Okay, now this is, I like this one and I felt, sorry, I, it was just short, simple, and factual. Just, <laughs> think, just make, it made sense to me. You don't want to, you don't want to take a bath in that. Um, and the third one was uh, was talking about when Randy Beeman ate cornflakes. But it wasn't cornflakes. It was his brother's scab collection. Yeah. I thought it was stamp. He, he didn't say stamp collection? Um, that would be better if he said stamp. But I, he said I could scab. have sworn he said stamp collection. Yeah. Oh, man. Just scab collection? Oh, that's well. Even, oh, that's awful. It's true. The, the, those are our three Randy Beeman segments. Whether it's stamps or, or scabs, they definitely weren't cornflakes. That's for certain. I'm gonna say stamp because that makes me it makes me happier inside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, what do you guys think out of those three? Which one do you think is the best uh, Randy Beeman segment, uh, Kelly? What do you think? Uh, probably the one where the the, the brother took you know, had the accident in the bath bathtub and he got to take his own showers. <laughs> Nathan, what about you? Yeah, that was my favorite. <laughs> my favorite is is the the first one uh, with the creepy guy, but just because he's dressed as Batman, and I just think right. he just looked cool. So, I mean, what he was saying wasn't that great, but what he looked like, he looked <laughs> awesome, dressed as Batman and not being able to fit the cowl on his head. I just thought, I thought that was actually funnier than anything he was saying. So, there we go. Those are our Randy Beeman segments. Okay, bye. But let's go ahead and get to the first segment which is actually actually a song and it's called I'm mad and I'm mad was a story by Tom Ruger music and lyrics were by Randy Rogel and was directed by Rich Aaron's Otto Payton and Dave Marshall and Nathan what happens here in uh, I'm mad so this is a Warner's cartoon singing song, talking song. Uh, so they're sing talking a lot. It's a lot of fun. Basically, they're all asleep. Dr. Scratch and Sniff breaks into the water tower and says, come on, guys, we got to go. Get ready. Uh, eat food, get dressed, all that kind of stuff, all in songs. And immediately Dot and Yakko are starting to argue a lot. And Scratch and Sniff keeps telling them, like, stop fighting. Let's get in the car. Let's go. And they don't like getting in the car. It's a very funny song. Like it's it's better to like listen to the song than me explain it. But I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, tells them to get into the van, and uh, they lock them out. And then it's funny, funny. Uh, they're driving and they're fighting. Yakko and uh, Dot are fighting the whole way. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Wacko is just uh, hungry and bored and are we there yet kind of stuff like that. And Dr. Scott is trying to drive the car and yelling at them to stop fighting. Finally, get to, they get to their destination, which is the circus. 
hooray, they're all going to have fun. They do have a great day at the circus. They come out, everyone's nice to each other, and they get in the car, and immediately Scratch and Sif start swerving the car. I think he's drunk. And no. then Yakon <laughs> and Dot start fighting because of that. And no, there we go. That's, wait, I think you guys <laughs> ended that wrong. But <laughs> No, no, I saw it. I this, was the swerves happen first, huh? The swerves happen as she as uh, Yakko kicks her, and I think well, <laughs> Yakko accidentally hits Dot because Scratch and Sif swerves the car. So uh, and he's swerving because he's drunk. Drunk. They, they, well, okay. he just come sur- to the circus. And I'm assuming there was alcohol there. <laughs> well, we added in a little bit of a weird plot line there with Nathan's description, but that is <laughs> that is the uh, that's the description of that. Now, this was. Um, Originally uh, shown on the Thumbelina movie, as we previously noted in a previous episode, <laughs> uh, after being corrected that we didn't talk about it. Um, <laughs> but we it would was, have talked about it now. Yeah, exactly. We would have got to it eventually. Uh, <laughs> but it was originally shown before the Don Bluth movie Thumbelina, which none of us saw. And um, and so that's why this is kind of, uh, you know, has a, that 16 by 9 formatting uh, kind of going on with this, so it has a it's letterboxed uh, for your enjoyment for this. But it did miss a few title slides, which um, uh, the lovely blog Hello Nice Warners actually has some uh, pictures of that we'll put on our show notes so that people can see them there as well. But I guess the uh, uh, 35 millimeter print of the um, cartoon was actually put up on eBay a while ago, and some of the preview slides that were shown were the uh, the slides showing kind of like almost like Looney Tune not, not even like Looney Tune-ish kind of character slides more like more like Disney how they would show like Mickey Mouse's head and Donald Duck's head you know before the cartoon started they did something similar with the Warners and Dr. Scratch and Sniff uh, so they showed that and they basically say like it's this you know doc the warners and their pal dr scratch and sniff in and then they show the i'm mad title card that we see in this cartoon um i don't really remember seeing this on tv but i was certainly familiar with it from the soundtrack mm-hmm. uh, yeah i'm assuming you are as well kelly yes yeah cuz that and cuz i don't i don't do you ever remember seeing it on actual tv uh, I must have seen it once. I must have. I, I must have too. I could um, rerun. It didn't seem. Yeah, it didn't seem terribly unfamiliar to me. Yeah. But since it aired on Saturday, I didn't watch Animaniacs on Saturdays. Yeah. So I had to have seen it in a rerun somewhere along the line or something like that. Uh, just catch it. But um, but yeah, I was already. I mean, it illustrates exactly what you <laughs> would have uh, visually seen your head just uh, through the the singing itself, which is it's just an amazing song by uh, Randy Rogel, and obviously, you know, built off of experiences that Tom Ruger had with his three kids. You could just see uh, this is every parent's um, experience, I'm sure, with kids in the car, and I remembered being in the back of the, the car with my brothers. Uh, as our dad drived and to Disneyland or wherever, and just driving our parents crazy. Um, in fact, Doctor Scratch and Sniff—I don't know, Nathan—he kind of looked like our dad a little bit. I thought in this, just with yeah. no hair. I mean, he really <laughs> the 
The people at Wang Animation draw Dr. Scratch and Sniff a little bit differently. I mean, every animation company does. And just the way that he's drawn in this, I'm like, boy, if you just put a little black hair on top of Dr. Scratch and Sniff, that would be our dad. That's so weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was weird seeing that. Every time we get into the car, it's so much work. It takes us 20 minutes while you're driving me berserk. When you're playing and you're jumping and you're running all about, when I finally get you inside, you always lock me out. I don't know. What do you guys think? What are some favorite moments of this cartoon? Um, I I just love the song and the... um. The parts where they have multiple uh, voices singing at the same time, I thought they, they were layered very well, and um, just it sounded really good. Yeah, there's a really cool, almost, <laughs> I want to call it almost like an Instagram kind of collage <laughs> thing that we would look at today, where you're taking the photo, you're splitting into three parts, and then uh, Scratch and Sniff coming in between them all, singing at the same time. I thought that was pretty cool. Nathan, what about you? Yeah, I really like that part too. Uh, there was parts where like uh, Scratch Sniff's looking through like the his rearview mirror to look at the kids fighting in the backseat. It's kind of neat. And I like Wacko's solos, basically how he needs to take mm. the potty, and it reminds me of the potty emergency. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he, uh, I remember being able to just sing this entire song. Just in order to sing it by yourself, you can't breathe. Because it's just constant, especially with Yakko and Dot back and forth and Dr. Scratch and Sniff in between them. Uh, but I used to be able to just go back and forth, you know, between it. And I just, I really enjoyed singing this song. It's It was really amazing seeing um, Rob Paulson sing it with Randy Rogel live. Because Randy Rogel does Dot and Wacko. And Rob Paulson does, of course, the voice of Yakko and Dr. Scratch and Sniff. And... It is just amazing seeing the 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 quickness of the song, and just it it's really it's really fun to watch. And uh, in fact, I, I did uh, record some of it, so that, I think that's on our YouTube video. If you check on YouTube or just listen to our previous episode where we uh, talk about Animaniacs Live, you can actually hear some of that. It's a uh, it's pretty cool. That's all right, Doc. I was wrong. Oh, that's nice. Now come along. Let's all get into car. You can take the seat you like. You're always so gallant. Oh, thank you, Doc. But ladies first, you take the seat you want. Everybody's happy now. We've had a real good day. But now it's time to go back home. So let's be on our way. You hit me. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Stop it. No, you stop it. Move your leg. No, you move your leg. You started it. No, I didn't. You did. No, I didn't. You did what? I did. You come over. Don't you cross that line. This is where the line is right here. Don't you get your leg on me. Dr. Scratches, did she start? I did not. Come over here. Hello, genius people. Yakko Warner here. The only show we listen to in the Water Tower is the Animaniacast. I bet you can't guess why. Good night, everybody. Uh, okay, well, let's go ahead and talk about one quick mime time. Uh, basically, the mime finds an imaginary coin, and then he gets arrested. This was so quick, I missed it. I, <laughs> I, I didn't even see it until the recap notes. I'm like, oh, he, he, that happened? So, yeah, 
I don't know. It was cute. Yeah. Um, and apparently it's the only thing that can defeat the mime uh, for good. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the final one. Yeah, he has little cameos here and there, you know, in yeah. the in the show, and he even shows up with different hair color, but he shows up in Freakazoid as well. I saw, I was watching a episode of Freakazoid. Uh, it was the one where a Dexter or Freakazoid is trying to rescue Dexter's parents from jail with all the lasers and everything. Does this ring any bells, Nathan? And uh, um, anyway, sure. the, the mime yes. the mime is locked up <laughs> next to Dexter's parents in that. So I was like, oh, okay. the mime yeah, is there. That. Yeah, and he keeps getting zapped by lasers. So, you, you know, it's poor mime. He always you will continue to get hurt <laughs> whenever you see him. Oh. Maybe, so that's probably where he went after this. this is yeah, he got arrested. Yep. He got arrested. He got arrested. His black hair dye ran out and his hair turned brown. And then yep. he got blasted by lasers. And all the other uh, appearances later in this are prequels to this. Exactly. So, yeah. it, it all works in the canon. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to our, really our main segment uh, <laughs> for this uh, this episode. And it is Bad Mood Bobby. This is Maurice LaMarche, the voice of Squid the Pigeon from the Good Feathers and Animaniacs. And you're listening to the Animaniacast. Don't hit me, pesto! In Bad Mood Bobby it was written by Deanna Oliver and it was directed by Adu Payton. Um, Kelly, tell us what happens here in Bad Mood Bobby. Well, as the title would suggest, Bobby is in a bad mood. <laughs> and Squit and Pesto try everything they possibly can to cheer him up. And they they tickle him and uh Pesto does a stand up routine and Squit does the kind of drums on um some some cans and they go to a I guess it's a pet shop and laugh at some birds to try to get Bobby to laugh too and he's not having any of it he's just not entertained he's not thinking anything's funny and so everything they've they've tried um, fails and then the god pigeon shows up and he tells them that uh, you know things could be worse and that he needs to cheer up and then he he feels better because well they said you you should you could be molting yeah and so Pesto's like you pigeons don't molt and then he loses all his feathers and then Bobby starts laughing because he's now like a bald bird <laughs> and it, and he did look pretty funny he looked like a a really sad looking turkey or something like that <laughs> so. It was a it was a episode with a few little cultural references. I think at one point they they uh, well the best one is of course uh, when he says pesto you're the boss you know and <laughs> and I was like I immediately paid yep. more attention because I was like oh, are they going to do who's the boss and they did mm-hmm. they also refer to the boss as Bruce Springsteen as well which I thought was kind of a double dip of of, of a insult i suppose for pesto i thought that was pretty cool sure pesto whatever you say you're the boss what's that supposed to mean i'm just saying you're the boss the boss what are you saying that i am tony danza is that what you're saying i don't know that's not what i'm saying oh 
all. So what you are saying is that I am Bruce Springsteen here to wear a red bandana and sing Born in the USA for you. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. You're saying that I am the boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's it. I'll give you a boss, you big booty booty. Take that, you sway back to the Another cultural reference was that Squid explains that when he's in a bad mood, he likes to eat until he looks like Gary, Gary Busey, uh, which I guess Gary Busey is kind of a, a overweightish kind of guy. I think of more of him just a, as a crazy person, more than overweight or anything <laughs> like that. But um, <laughs> perhaps he was putting on a lot of weight in the 90s, and that's why it was more relevant. Uh, but the, there was one other little Looney Tunes kind of reference in here as well, where they have this minor bird that does this little, you know, came out and did the whole walking thing when they were making fun of the birds and the minor bird mm-hmm. kicks, uh, you know, them into, uh, Bobby into a street lamp. That is a, the minor bird from some Chuck Jones cartoons, but I think I recognized him, I think from, he was in a tiny tunes episode as well called Buster and the Wolverine, which that has to be where I recognize him more from, because I just remember, I remember that minor bird from uh, Looney Tunes and, and stuff like in people, but that was just yeah, a, he has a very specific walk, very steps, abstract. Steps, steps, yeah. Yeah. Very abstract kind of character too. Uh, I don't know. I, what, what are some moments that you guys really liked about this uh, good feathers cartoon? Oh, uh, I I liked uh, the the comedy routine that that uh, Pesto was doing for Bobby. It looked that like was... he was kind of in front of the improv, didn't it, with a brick wall behind him or something like that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought it was good, and then like the sounds that it, the little tin can would make. Yes, for the pit The kind of pathetic, and... pathetic kind of sounding of the yeah, I was of a rim shot. It, was, <laughs> uh, it was it was so bad. It was kind of funny. Like... <laughs> hey, how y'all doing? I'll tell you, a funny thing happened to me on the way out here to Hoboken. I got hit by a train. You know what was on my mind at the time? My tail feathers! <laughs> I liked how he, he worked in the, the train uh, driving over them into the, the comedy act. <laughs> yeah, it was actually, the jokes in it were actually pretty funny. I was, I was actually, I, I, I enjoyed Pesto's comedy act. I liked it. Oh, knock off the bad jokes, Pesto. You think these jokes are bad? Then you should have been here yesterday. I was out of town. <laughs> you know, I, w- I would say this. If if that train didn't come up behind them, it might have actually worked. Because Bobby uh-huh, was yeah. Bobby was starting to laugh a little bit from being tickled. Uh, which, how you tickle somebody with a feather when that person has feathers is beyond me. But I don't know. <laughs> I think I think their whole idea though was a flawed to begin with. Like you can't just cheer someone up by you know making him laugh. Doesn't work necessarily like that. Like yeah, it was a relatable plot. I mean, I get the whole I, yeah. idea of like the whole thing was just probably leave Bobby alone. And you know, yeah. when somebody's having a bad day, <laughs> you don't have to go and chase him down and say let's go cheer him up. It's like no, just leave yeah. him alone and they'll cheer up by themselves. I'm sure. But. Give them space. You don't need to give them advice. You can give them an ear. Say like, "Hey, if you want to talk to someone, I'm right here." Yep. Otherwise, 
let me know. All you have to uh, say is turn that frown upside down. That always yeah. works. <laughs> hold them down and tickle them. Like, you're not going <laughs> to... It's not going to make... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a there's quite a few more segments to get through, so we're going to go ahead and keep moving on. And the next one we're going to talk about is Katie Kaboom, The Blemish. <laughs> And Kelly, what was Katie Kaboom the blemish about? Um, exactly what you would expect. Um, <laughs> Katie has a guy friend coming over to pick her up for study group, and her brother notices that she has a blemish on her face. And I, <laughs> I remember thinking as I was watching it, she's freaking out about the blemish, and then she turns into like this ugly green monster. And I'm thinking, that looks so much worse than that little tiny blemish did on her regular <laughs> face. Like, she just made everything so much worse for her. And, and of course, the blemish is exponentially worse um, when she turns into the monster. And um, so she's tearing the house apart, and her parents are, you know, adapting to it best they, they always do. And um, then the the guy shows up, and she sees a mirror on the staircase, and Puts a little cover-up concealer on it, and off she goes. So, you know, it's nothing that we haven't seen before, really. Yeah, and the boyfriend came over, like, two uh, Katie Kabooms in a row. Like, he he is totally, you know, if he gets married to Katie, uh, you know. I, I feel was so. it the same guy? I, I think it was. I think oh, it I was. I didn't notice. I thought it, it was a different either guy. Either that or she definitely has a type. <laughs> Although this is her our, oblivious third, boy, is her <laughs> yeah, type. this is the third boyfriend technically, if you count uh, Chicken Boo. So, oh, and and I don't know how many people remember there was she was on the phone call too with like yeah, a couple, boys. but we never saw what that guy looked never like. saw him, so we don't know. I forget, but yeah, he was the same boy. He looks like you know since you know just got through watching Stranger Things a, a while ago. Uh, he looks a lot like some of those characters in Stranger Things, just with that big hair. You know what I mean? Like a young John Ralphio. <laughs> John Ralphio? John? Oh, is that about Parks and Oh, that's right, John <laughs> Ralphio. <laughs> By Jenny uh, Benny Schwa. Benny Schwa's. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> sort of like that. Yes, he has that big pompadour <laughs> hair. Uh, I really don't know how much to say about the Katie Kaboom. Then it's it, like what you said, Kelly. It's pretty much what we've seen before. Not really surprising. I I don't know. Anything to say about it, Nathan, Kelly? It, was, it seems shorter than normal. Um, Which isn't necessarily but, a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> she called, the only difference between this one and like the one before... Well, like the mom calls the police, which I'm like, you shouldn't be calling the police for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, we need backup. <laughs> Hello, 911. Hormonal teenager losing it on Oak Tree Lane. Send reinforcements. Send reinforcements. It, that did see, that did seem weird to me as well for some reason. I don't know why. I, I would be calling the police or military myself if my uh, daughter kept turning into a monster all the time. I'd be looking for as much help well, as I could get. Well, she should say my mo- my daughter has become a literal monster. <laughs> and that would make more sense. <laughs> yeah, but everyone uses the word literal so many, you know, incorrectly so many times that they just go, all right, ma'am, whatever. They wouldn't believe yeah. her. So. I think the definition of literal is now literally not literal. You know? <laughs> exactly. Well, 
let's go ahead and get on to a marathon of good idea, bad ideas. It's time for another good idea, bad idea. The good idea was tossing a penny into a fountain, but the bad idea was tossing your cousin Penny, your cousin Penny into the fountain. And um, I just thought that was funny because uh, she looked like the girl Penny from Pee Wee's Playhouse. She had that little pigtails and everything like that. Um, or perhaps like the girl Penny from Inspector Gadget and in skull head form. But either way, yeah. <laughs> she looked like a penny to me. And in fact, even on her shirt, her, her shirt says Penny on it. So there's no mistaking that her name is Penny. <laughs> um, Did anybody else, when you just said Inspector Gadget, all of a sudden here, do, 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 mm. Inspector yep. Gadget. Gadget. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go to the next one. Uh, this one was dark. Uh, good idea is giving your dog a bath. Always a very good idea to give your dog a bath. However, it is a bad idea to have your dog dry cleaned. And he brings his dog out on a hanger, all flattened and steamed, and the tongue's hanging out. And, of course, this dog is no longer of this earth. It is has little X's on its eyes. <laughs> it's such a it was so ridiculous i had to laugh at it but at the same time i had to go oh my gosh it just it just killed the dog but everyone's dead in these skull head things everyone's skull heads even the dog now uh the next one was playing horsey and it's a good idea to play horsey with your little sister however it's not a good idea to play horsey with your aunt bertha because she will squish you She's really big and she crushes him. Yep. Big, right? big Bertha. There you go. If, if you don't want your child to be overweight in the future, don't name them Bertha. I think that is what we've learned from cartoons. <laughs> uh, throwing a surprise party uh, for your father is the next good idea. That is a good idea. However, you don't want to necessarily throw a surprise party for your grandfather. And at least not the way that they did in this cartoon. Because the, the grandfather... Uh, is so surprised he has a heart attack at the door and crumbles into bones on the on the floor, just drops dead. There's so many deaths in these. There are a lot of deaths. A lot of deaths in this one. Um, this next one I thought was pretty funny as well. It was. It's a good idea to play uh, cops and robbers in the park. Uh, the bad idea is playing cops and robbers in the bank, and that is definitely. But you don't want to have fake guns in there or even in the even in the park these days it's just not a good idea either way kids just just put the fake guns away i mean these don't even have the orange tips on them they have little corks on them just use lightsabers yes exactly and they might even let you play that in the bank a little bit as long as you don't swing them too much (laughs) so the next one was good idea bad idea was playing catch with your grandfather uh and then of course the bad idea is playing catch with your grandfather and uh, yeah, that was just funny. Apparently, the and the grandfather falls, of course, onto the floor again, and uh, and poor grandfather, he got he got yeah. hit. He got a lot in this uh, marathon. A good idea, bad idea is going on. Uh, and then we have good idea, bad idea. Uh, the final one was uh, playing the scales on a piano. The bad idea is playing the scales on a fish, but not just any fish, a shark. And uh, the shark, of course, eats Mister Skullhead. And there we go. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven good idea, bad ideas in a row. 
my goodness, that's a lot of them. <laughs> Guys, I, and that's pretty much, I believe that's, I think we only have maybe one more good idea, bad idea, or maybe one or two left in the entire series. They really just, you know, plopped them all out at once here. Uh, what do you guys think? What what Of all of those, what was the funniest good idea, bad idea? I like the playing guns in the bank one. <laughs> yeah, that was... That one did get me to chuckle. Just the the look on their faces as the the security or police all you know <laughs> pounces on them. Basically, Nathan, what do you think? Yeah, I would say either that or the giving your dog a bath and having him dry clean. <laughs> that like, one was perhaps the most unexpected one for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I go ahead. It's hard. There's lots of good ones. Here. Yeah, I like, I think the I think the giving your grandfather a surprise party is probably my favorite um just it's they're both very there's some very dark ones even throwing penny into a fountain was almost kind of like frankenstein or something of throwing the girl into the well or something it was was very this was perhaps our darkest uh batch of good idea bad ideas but it it fits though you know when it's a skull head I think it's it's all it all works. It it can all be a little bit macabre, I guess. The end. The last cartoon we're going to talk about is fake. It was written by Paul Rugg and it was directed by Alfred Gimeno. And Nathan, tell us what happens here in fake. It's not fake, Joey. It's not fake. This was Donald Trump's favorite cartoon. <laughs> so uh, this one, I was, hey, hold a second. Wait, I thought it was you. You don't push the button. I push the button. <laughs> Whoa, timely. <laughs> well, if this episode, if we are all still here on Sunday, then we'll all be able to hear that joke. Nathan is doing something right now. Okay. So. Well, the cat was scratching at a scratching post and it was annoying. Oh, okay. Yeah, we couldn't hear okay. it. But... <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so in uh, so in fake, we have uh, Doctor Scratch and Sniff has taken all the Warners to see a wrestling match between Ironhead McCain and Lardo, um, and Doctor Scratch and Sniff is a huge Lardo fan, of course, because we all are. And <laughs> basically, the Warners don't want to be there because they know that wrestling is fake. Because they know that wrestling is fake. Uh, but Dr. Scratch Sniff doesn't believe them. And uh, so uh, he they keep saying it's fake. And you can clearly see they're not even hitting each other or anything. But Scratch Sniff still yells, it's not fake. And uh, he yells fake really loudly. So the wrestlers hear that and say, who said we're fake? And they all point at him. Uh, they all, all the Warners point at Dr. Scratch Sniff. So they get, Dr. Scratch Sniff gets pulled into the ring, gets beaten up thrown out and then Yakko says well I guess it's not fake after all and that's the cartoon but I'm ting we said we'd come with you scratchy we didn't say we'd enjoy it besides it's fake <gasps> it is not you don't know anything about wrestling do you ever watch wrestling when you were a kid Kelly at all um I watched it in college some because I was dating someone that was into it. <laughs> Isn't that always the way? 
<laughs> that's that's the only time I watched it. How many men that I've known out there that have actually that know all the things about Sex in the City because <laughs> their girlfriend or wife loves the show, so they just know everything about all the different characters. I luckily have never had that problem. <laughs> so at least with Sex in the City, anyway. Nathan, I, you and I, we, I don't think our dad really let us watch wrestling at all growing up. Um, yeah, I didn't it, watch it growing up. I, I've seen some now, like living here in LA, I've actually watched a couple games like yeah. on TV. There's friends that watch it. But. Yeah. The show Glow on Netflix was probably the most uh, wrestling I've ever, you know, really sat down to actually watch, other than maybe Andy Kaufman uh, documentaries about. <laughs> Him wrestling women and stuff like that and making fun of people and Memphis, Tennessee and all that. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all my, although I, when I was a kid, I, you know, it was, un, it was inescapable really. The WWF um, was just so, it was just everywhere. They had rock and wrestling, the cartoon show, uh, which I did watch. I think that was probably my, my biggest exposure to wrestlers was just watching a cartoon based upon them. So I knew about Hulk Hogan based upon his cartoon character. And um, I, I watched Thunder in Paradise that starred Hulk Hogan. <laughs> they filmed it at Walt Disney World, so it was oh, always cool. To oh, oh, there you yeah. <laughs> My Hulk Hogan uh, film that I watched, uh, fourth grade, had a sleepover over at my friend David, and we watched uh, No Holds Barred. And we were, we all thought we were so, so cool because we were watching this wrestling movie, which is, I think, historically been called one of the worst movies ever made. But, you know, <laughs> it was, we felt really cool for watching it. No holds barred. I'm sure there's, there's people in our audience that, that love wrestling. And that's the thing. It's, I think when people, people who love wrestling don't care that it's fake. It's yeah, just, I mean, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's like, like Star Wars is fake, you yeah. Know? Like, and what? you're more likely to get hurt. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It said it happened a long true. time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It did sure. not say fake. Okay, <laughs> but like this would only be reenactments at best. The ones that we're seeing, you know, of Star Wars. They yeah, you want to believe that? And you know, more pe- people are more likely to get hurt in wrestling than in you know a Marvel movie. Uh, <laughs> that is true. Well, they are actually it. Yeah, they're they're pulling their punches and stuff like that. But yeah, you yeah. can obviously still get really hurt, and you know they often do um, from that. I mean, hey, I can't fall off of stage. <laughs> I mean, stuntmen get hit and hurt all the time, so yeah. wrestlers and are going to be doing it too. Some of the jumps and things that they do on it, are like it's it's impressive, like just from a dancing movement kind of feel, like feel too. But yeah. so. I can see why people enjoy it. You wanna see how fake it is? Who, me? No, Lado, really? Oh, no, 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 Lado, you, you don't understand! Hey, I guess it's not fake after all. I can't really think of much else to say about this. I mean, um, this cartoon, uh, other than it really kind of almost felt like a comic strip more than a cartoon, you know, like it felt like it felt like it was too short. Like it felt like they needed to go up there and have more of a story to it. 
you know, like, yeah. sure, bring Dr. Like, Scratch and Sniff up there, but then see where it goes and maybe even save him from the mean wrestlers or something like that. Right. Or like, and then driving to the wrestling place too, even like stuff like that, getting it, popcorn. And yeah. Fries with that kind of stuff like it, that. They could have repeated a bunch of that stuff. <laughs> That's true. It really seems like this was just kind of like, it might've, and who knows, maybe originally it was conceived of as a longer thing, but then they just had to cut it down because of time. I don't know, but um, yeah, it it was, um, it was it was surprisingly short, and that was, and with that little smile um, that he gives the camera at the end, that was it for the new the second season, right there. Um, I don't know, Kelly. Do you have any any thoughts about that that last cartoon at all? Or, uh, no, not really. I mean, it it was surprisingly short for a Warner's segment. Yeah, I well, and it, and that's the thing. At this point, though, I was like. It was so late in the episode that I was almost thinking, like, how are they going to fit a whole Warner's cartoon into this <laughs> episode? But I guess we got our answer. It wasn't really a a cartoon. It was more just like a little, almost like a filler segment of the Warner's almost in a way. Well, whatever. Well, uh, that's our episode. And that's the Fox Kids run of Animaniacs. And we're going to be starting next week with episode 70. With it started on the kids WB, which if you were like me, I don't think the kids WB was actually premiered in Tucson. I'll have to check. I think at least one of our listeners, I think, is in the Tucson area and uh, was kind of on the same boat as us. Like the WB was almost it was one of these new networks that was pretty hard to get. So, uh, it was it was harder to watch these newer episodes going forward, at least for many people. Um, Kelly, did you, when did you get the WB or do you remember watching the show on the WB at all much? No, um, I, I don't recall cause I, I just always kind of thought it was on the same station when I was watching <laughs> yeah. it, but, um, but I do remember when the WB aired and they, they, um, they had like a Michigan J frog oh, cartoon yeah. and, um, you know, he was sort of the, he, I guess he was the, the mascot. And um, so I, well, I got the WB right when it it began, and um, of course watched uh, Buffy. Yes, it. yes. What did that in that where Buffy air, and then it switched over, or was it vice versa? Oh, I don't know. I know that it it, it, it it was on one of the either UPN or or it was UPN. It was it was the WB, and then they combined to the, be the CW and all this stuff. It's just a. Yeah, it's just so. a craziness of these uh, tertiary uh, stations, and but I, I lost track of where I was watching it. Yeah, and and of course, when the in the in the internet at this time with dial up internet and everything, it was kind of hard to find like you can today uh, when the show's going to be on, and it was almost impossible if you missed it. Well, you that missed it. That was the awful thing about the show that aired in ABC and. Um, the early 90s called Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Oh, yeah. Because they would take it off the air and then put it back on the air and it would be on a different day and time than when it had been previously. And if I didn't luck out and happen to see a commercial for it or, you know, see it on, I I would miss it. And, I mean, how do they expect... No wonder it got canceled because how could people know where to find the show when they were constantly moving it around? Yeah. And I think... <laughs> <laughs> and 
Uh, yeah, I think it was kind of, I will have to, when next time we talk to Tom, I'll have to talk to him about his, uh, what it was like working with the WB, because I'm sure that the ratings must have been, I mean, they must have not been expecting the same ratings being on a, a smaller network, but they must have gone down, you know, and, and it, they make a lot of allusions to like in the, in the post credit stuff to in, in a lot of uh, either in this and also in like freakazoid and stuff like that about how hard it is to watch the show on WB. Um, so it's kind of like poking fun at it all. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting time period that we're getting into. So looking forward to talking about, it. of course we have a lot of, uh, gr- you know, great episodes to talk about still. So lots more to discuss in the future, but before we do, let's go ahead and talk about this episode's water tower rating. <laughs> So what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give this episode? Nathan? I'm going to give it three and a half water towers. Okay, why? I think it was my favorite of the season two. And comparing it back to season one, episode one, which I gave three water towers to, I think it's a little bit better than that. Maybe it's about the same, but I'll give it three and a half. All right. And Kelly, yeah, I'm mad. Song was fun. Yeah, I'm, you can't you can't go wrong with that. And Kelly, what about you? I think I'll do four. Um, it had a lot of filler, but it was all pretty strong. I loved. I'm mad. And the good feathers was a pretty good episode. Um, so yeah, I was kind of stuck between three and four. So I guess I mean technically I should do three and a half, but I'll do four because right. I'm indecisive and I'm. <laughs> Can't make up my mind, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and give it four as well. I mean, it does the segments that it does. There are a couple little weak things in it, but the segments that it does have are really strong. And it has a lot of really like, I think the best good idea, bad ideas that we've seen on the show so far and, you know, the whole run. So I'm going to go ahead and give it four. I think it was awesome. So let's go ahead and get to our poll results right now from well, not last week, but a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, we asked uh, everybody out there, what format Animaniacs game would you most want to see in the future? And we had a bunch of different choices and uh, a lot of people wanting this. There was a lot, a lot of debate about uh, why do I have to pick one? I want them all. <laughs> so unfortunately, you could only pick one in this particular poll. So coming in last place with 9% is a card game. Uh, followed very closely by Board Game, which got 10%. Uh, But Mobile Game was 34%. Video Game, though, 47%. So, yeah, most people want a console game, it looks like, for Animaniacs. What do you guys think? What would you, if you were to play an Animaniacs game, how would you prefer to play one? Nathan, what do you think? It's a tough one. Um, I, I, I voted for the phone app. Because then I could have it with me all the time. But usually console games are better than app games. But yeah, I'll stick with the app. And Kelly, what do you think? I do mobile game because I don't own any consoles. <laughs> That's true. I just but yeah, I got the PS4. I got the Battlefront 2, Kelly, with Yoda in it. I was just chopping around as Yoda last night. Oh, Chopping goodness. down people. Anyway. Uh, I would like to do that. Yes. Uh, well... Uh, I'm going to go with mobile game as well, I guess, just because it just seems like it 
could easily translate and to a mobile game and would have a lot more I don't know, it wouldn't be that expensive to make. I think that's why a lot of mobile games are made. <laughs> Plus, it would probably be pretty profitable for Warner Brothers as well, the way those little microtransactions are. I mean, even if yeah. they made like a little like make the Warner Brothers lot kind of thing, like a like the Futurama or Simpsons game or something where you could, you know, you have to have the unlock different characters and have them do different tasks and stuff like that throughout the the lot. I think that would be a, a good game. Like they could yeah. get on that. That's not much story to it. Just do it. Um, but video game would also be good too. Whatever. Well, anyway. Well, those are our results. <laughs> and uh, let's go ahead and get to the poll for this week. Nathan, what do we have? All right. So, um, have you ever asked yourself what the best uh, Good Feathers cartoon was? You have. No. Uh, well, what? how yes, about what? a third third <laughs> poll to ask that? <laughs> So that's right. We have the best Good Feathers round three um, or four or no. Is it just oh good? It is just round three. Yeah, this time I was ready for it. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So uh, Good Feathers round three, and we had missed two earlier ones, which are Hiccup and Dodo Boys. Um, And since we can only have four, that leaves us with Pigeon on the Roof and We're No Pigeons. So Hiccup. Is the one where um, was it? Squid had who had, who had hiccups in that one? Um, that Did was Squid. I thought I don't know. I, yeah, I think it was Squid. I think so. All right, and then Dodo Boys is where they're fighting in like World War Two or World War One. World War One. World War One. Yeah, and Pigeons on the Roof is like Fiddler on the Roof, and we're no pigeons. Is when a a hawk is trying to kill some pigeons, an owl. and they say we're no pigeons. Yeah, that's it. Baby owl, same thing, same difference. Oh, baby owl. Tries to eat a pigeon, and yeah, so they trick the the baby owl into getting like alligators and elephants or something. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. And uh, using this time to uh, uh, plug a, a company that is not our sponsor or anything like that, but uh, why the heck not? QMX is uh, going to be making good feathers uh, figures pretty soon. So if you like this poll. And you're going to love the QMX Good Feathers figures that are coming out pretty soon. You can actually sign up, uh, go to their website. They actually have a little email list where they haven't released the figures yet. But if you want to be one of the first ones to purchase it when it is available, you just go to QMX's website and uh, put in there, put your email in, and uh, then you'll you'll be able to buy Bobby Squid and Pesto and put them on your desk or whatever. And they're pretty cheap. These these statues are awesome. They're only like fifteen bucks usually, and uh, we, we got to get them to sponsor this. I mean, like... I, I really <laughs> one of these days we'll we'll make it rain QMX figures in here one of these days. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so in the meantime, just buy QMX and tell them that Animaniacs that you. Yeah, like exactly. It. There you go. They'll do that. Everybody buy QMX figure, <laughs> Pinky the Brain, good or good feathers or whatever. Just tell them, you know, tell them the Animaniacs sent you. Well, let's go ahead. You can find that poll about the Good Feathers by simply going to twitter.com slash Animaniacast or simply searching on Twitter for hashtag Animaniacast poll and you can make your voice heard. Hello, everybody. Now it's time for our special news segment. Uh, We actually recorded this episode the day before (laughs) the news of the Animaniacs revival hit. So... 
yeah, we, 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 we didn't mention it at all today because of that. Um, so we thought we'd go ahead and do a quick little news roundup of what's been going on with Animaniacs. Um, so as of right now, uh, the voices have not confirmed or denied that they are involved. Uh, Rob Paulson uh, just said on Twitter that he can neither confirm nor deny his involvement in the show, which probably means he has a non-disclosure agreement, I'm assuming. So chances are, if I were a betting man, I would say, yes, the original voices should be back, at least the majority of them. Um, now, the main concern that many fans have had is about the writing staff uh, has not been asked to return still as of yet. Uh, cartoonbrew.com actually had a, a very nice article summarizing the the whole thing, and we will go ahead and put that article in our show notes. But uh, as of right now, showrunner, creator of Animaniacs, senior producer of Animaniacs, Tom Ruger, has not been asked back to uh, work on the show at all. Uh, and that has concerned many, many fans. In fact, uh, right now there is a uh, hashtag going along, uh, going around on Twitter of uh, hashtag right animaniacs right. Uh, that was started by uh, Nathan Ruger, Nate Ruger uh, on Twitter, and it has, uh, has spread to help uh, keep people in the loop of what's been going on with the movement to get the writers involved. There has been a fan-made petition over at change.org that has uh, taken up the right Animaniacs right. And by the way, that's W-R-I-T-E, right, and then Animaniacs, and then right as in R-I-G-H-T. Anyway, this petition has been endorsed by uh, Nathan Ruger and uh, many of the writers from the show, um, including, like for example, Gordon Bresick has signed this petition, uh, Kirk Tingblad, uh, one of the original animation directors from Animaniacs, has uh, su- put it, uh, his support behind it as well. The petition has gotten, as of today, over 3,500 signatures, which is very impressive. So if you are looking to sign that petition, uh, we will also have that petition in our show notes. It's important to note that Nathan Ruger... Uh, when signing the petition and when talking about the show online has not said that new writers cannot be used, but that simply his father and the original writer should be given a chance to at least pitch their ideas to the studio. Um, it's not a all or nothing thing necessarily. Um, so that is going on and there is much more as well. Now, online petitions uh, I, you know, they have varying uh, levels of success. It's always a great idea, I think, to to sign those if you are interested in getting something done. But let's face it, online petitions are pretty easy to do. Uh, they take very little effort from the, the person to get a signature. Uh, it's a petition. You know, hey, petitions are meant to be just write your name and put your few thoughts and move along. I would suggest for those people who are really serious um, and want to put a uh, you know put their thoughts down in a thoughtful 
a mature way to write the producers over at Warner Brothers and Amblin. And of course, the main person we would email over at Amblin Entertainment would be Mr. Steven Spielberg. And while the producers over at Warner Brothers, the finding the address is a little difficult, figuring out the correct contact information for them. Finding the, the contact information for Steven Spielberg is uh, relatively easy. You can actually find it by just simply going over to Amblin's website. So if you are interested in sending Steven Spielberg a letter about uh, your you know concerns or your questions about the Animaniacs revival, here is where you can send correspondence. The address is 100 Universal City Plaza, Building 5121, Universal City, California, 91608. Now, professional business letters are very important when getting in contact with somebody like Steven Spielberg. Um, I'm not going to rant and give you a whole separate podcast lesson right now about um, how to write a professional business letter, but I will encourage folks out there, if you are going to write a letter to Mr. Steven Spielberg or really any of these executives at all, it is incredibly important that you uh, are professional and we do not rant. We do not, uh, you're not angry. You do not send them a 20 page letter. Uh, professional business letters are typically direct to the point and no longer than simply one page. Uh, and even that is only maybe about three, maybe five paragraphs at most. So again, it's very important to be professional, concise. Uh, it's important to make sure that the executives know that Animaniacs fans are not crazy people. Well, maybe we are a little bit, but you know, we, <laughs> we do know how to be, how to act professionally. So again, um, stay positive, stay professional, and, you know, put down your thoughts. What, are, what do you want in an Animaniacs uh, revival? What would you like to see? For many of you guys, this is your childhood. And if you want to share it with your own children, uh, talk about what you would like to see in it. Take your time, make it, make it count, and uh, you can send that letter out. And of course, the change.org petition is there as well. Well, we've been asking the audience out there on Twitter, on Facebook, and so on, what do you think about the news? And uh, there have been a lot of uh, just reactions of some people have been, if it's the writers, the original writers are not involved, I'm out. Uh, some people are disappointed. Uh, some people don't care as long as the original voices are involved. There's been a lot of people talking about how they don't want to see this show turn into another Powerpuff Girls, which uh, I agree. Uh, we want to make sure that the quality of Animaniacs remains as high as possible. I'm sure that is a concern for everybody involved. We did get an email here from Plucky Duck. Well, an account for Plucky Duck anyway. This is not the official Plucky Duck account. But uh, Plucky writes to us and says, if the show is a revival in the sense that it will be more episodes of the same in the modern day, then it makes sense to have the original crew produce it. They understood not just the characters, but the original fan base too. I think this would be the best approach. If the show is a reboot with a format change, then it can still be very successful with a new crew. 
but I think they'd be better off making it an entirely new cartoon. Randy Rogel was such a big part of the charm of the show, and I can't imagine a replacement. If there is a new crew, I hope they at least get access to the show's original Bible. All in all, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm keeping my expectations low, but I'm not turning it into a lunatics unleashed boycott thing. I love Rita, but I don't see Bernadette Peters returning, which would be disappointing. I hope they limit Chicken Boo, Katie Kaboom, and the Hippos, since they were mostly one jokers. I also hope they reference modern material and have plenty of cameos from other WB shows. And that is from at PluckyDuck3. You can see him on Twitter, at PluckyDuck3. The Animating Cast, we follow him. Has some good Plucky Duck material out there. So thank you very much, Plucky, for writing in to us. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to have your thoughts read on next week's show, send them on in to animaniacast at retrozap.com. You can send it through a written email or an audio MP3 or audio file of some sort, <laughs> and uh, we'll play your voice on the air. Well, that'll do it for the news, and let's head back to the studio with our previously recorded content. Well, let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online? Well, if you're looking for me, the place to be is on Twitter. Django FT, that's me. <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? I'm on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email kelly at bigshinyrobot.com. All right, and as for uh, the Animaniacast, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're probably on a couple other things that I'm forgetting, but hey, on Twitter, we passed 2,100 followers the other day. Ooh. Yay! Partly, in part because the one and only Maurice LaMarche uh, retweeted our request for more uh, more followers, and uh, he did. He retweeted us, and we got a bunch more followers. So thank you to Mr. LaMarche. That was awesome. And uh, on Facebook, we passed 500 likes. So over 500 people like us. Isn't that sound, doesn't that feel good, Yay. guys? <laughs> Thanks for liking us. Yes. You like us. You really like us. <laughs> and you can also email us. We are at animaniacast at retrozap.com. And speaking of RetroZap.com, don't forget to head on over there, ladies and gentlemen, for all of your pop culture needs. There's new articles and stuff every single day over there, and a ton of different podcasts as well, such as our flagship, Brews and Blasters. If you're into just a Star Wars party, then Brews and Blasters is for you. And there's also a lot of other great podcasts as well, such as Starships, Sabres and Scoundrels, the Arg Cast, the Deuce Cast, uh, techno Retro Dads Skywalking Through Neverland The list goes on and on Just head over to RetroZap.com Or simply subscribe to the RetroZap Podcast feed On iTunes or your favorite podcast player And you can get all of the podcasts Including this one Delivered straight to your device Thank you so much for listening And we will see you next week But until then This is Joey and for Nathan and Kelly Good night everybody Good night everybody Good night everybody 
This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated.